You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, September 2nd. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, great website, part of the Den of Geek Network. I don't know why I added that part, but really great website. Go check it out uh, where I'm a staff writer. Or if maybe pop culture is your thing, especially with how the Padres are playing in the second half, maybe you're just using movies to watch and uh, keep all that stuff off your mind. Well, I can help you there with places at like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blight Disgusting, Film Crit, and more that I've written for. But most importantly, guys, forget about all that stuff. You need to check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you have, and I'd love to answer them here on the show, or maybe just on Twitter, because I like interacting, and I'm a big tweet guy, as uh, some of you who follow me may already know. Uh, Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please just promise me one thing. Call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins with Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, even occasionally myself. Uh, so, yeah, what are you waiting for? Go subscribe to the Locked On MLB Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, despite my energy coming out of the gate, you know, despite despite the energy, despite the fact that I'm rocking a white T-shirt, the regular shirt, uh, I'm just, I'm feeling, actually, no, the T-shirt is actually pretty emblematic of how I feel right now. A little bit plain, a little bit normal, because the Padres did not play well yesterday. They lost after a two-game win streak. <laughs> uh, they did lose right when we thought the momentum was going our way. They lose 3-8 to eight to the Cardinals' last game of the series. We're going to recap that, and then for the rest of the episode, we're going to be going over basically just a plethora of different topics based on Dennis Lynn's uh, Q&A that he did over The Athletic that I'll be looking at some of the responses he had and using that as kind of a you know a trampoline uh, stepping stool to talk my thoughts on those issues as well, kind of an all-encompassing sort of chat, and that's basically it. I'm excited for this episode, believe it or not, because I think I just have good energy today because I just did my fantasy football draft. I feel pretty good. I got my guy DK Metcalf, which is exciting. I'm not a Seahawks fan, but he's just fun. And for anyone who's about to do their fantasy football draft, by the way, my recommendation, draft guys you like. You know what I mean? Like, Because at least if you fail, it's with guys you didn't like. You never want to draft that guy that the computer or the stats or the fantasy pros and all the websites told you to draft, in my opinion, at least. But anyway, guys, yeah, let's talk about yesterday's game because believe it or not despite the lopsided loss from the Padres there was a lot to talk about like I said they lost three to eight to the Arizona Diamondbacks um the RBIs from the Padres coming thanks to two home runs one by Mr. Trent Grisham who I've talked about a little bit on the show not as much lately the thing I talked about with him most is that I've seen some people complaining well he doesn't look like an elite defender it feels like he's he leaves a lot to be desired sometimes actually not really go like it is defensive run saved he's still in the top 15 of outfielders he's still a very good defender he's just not you know Jackie Bradley Jr. he's not you know Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals he's not Abisail Garcia or Lorenzo Cain in his prime he's not one of those elite elite defenders this year but he's still very good I would like for him to be elite considering that both Tommy Pham and Will Myers and 
whoever they end up putting in the outfield, Jerks and Profar sometimes, that those guys aren't really elite outfielders. They're actually a little bit of a liability sometimes, especially with Myers and Pham. But granted, Tommy Pham has also been a liability in terms of everything uh, as of late. So Grisham really has to be like the carrying force in the outfield. So I know sometimes when we want a little bit more from him, but still... He does manage to hit a solo shot in this game, top of the sixth inning, when they're already down by six. So it felt like it was like, all right, I mean, this is cool, but we're already down by a lot. And then Will Myers, though, which was exciting. He homers, allowing Fernando Tatis Jr. to score, making it 6-3. It's the last run they end up getting. And the the D-backs, while not hitting any home runs in this game, just slapped the ball all over the place. And that's really what we got to talk about. All right, we got to talk about you, Darvish. It's the name of today's episode. We need to talk about you, Darvish. Let me just read really quickly. You Darvish's last bunch of starts since July 3rd, basically before July 4th, before our nations, as in United States. I am from the United States, for those who don't know. Shout out to my international listeners, though. Uh, Shout out to you guys. Uh, Since July 3rd, he gave up four runs to Philly. And then basically, that's when the spiral started. He had a 2.65 ERA heading into the game with Philly on July 3rd. And granted, that was a little bit longer. We are officially in September 2nd, like I said. Uh, But ever since then, his ERA has climbed to 4.05. This was a guy that was an all-star. This was a guy that was the ace of the team. And I actually, somewhat controversially, said a few weeks ago, for those who might remember, I said, someone asked me, if you Darvish or Joe Musgrove are your options, you know, who are... They didn't say that. They said, more specifically, they said... Who are you starting in a wildcard game? This was about a month and a half ago or so between you Darvish and Joe Musgrove. And I still said you Darvish because I thought you Darvish throughout this year, especially against teams like the Dodgers, against pretty good teams, has really come up big. You know what I mean? But the problem is that was in the first half. Nowadays, he's been just terrible. Out of all the starts since July 3rd, there's only been two, two starts since July 3rd where he's given up two runs or less. Every other time, five runs, four runs, five runs, five, four, two, six, four. That's basically what I was doing from recent to to oldest. Uh, It's not good, man. And in this game, he gives up five earned runs on eight hits. Six six runs, technically, but only five of them earned. He walks one, strikes out three, only two and two-thirds innings. They take him out quick. They give him the yank uh, after just 76 pitches. And then what's funny is that the rest of the game was actually okay in terms of the rest of the bullpen, considering that it, yet again, this is the problem with the Padres, right? For so long, they've become the bullpen team. That's what's so bad about this team. That's part of the slide. Part of that is injuries with, I know that Chris Paddock hasn't been that good this year. He's a back rotation type of starter, but still, uh, Denelson Lamette, he's been on the IL. We'll talk about him in just a second. And with you Darvish is on the IL for a little bit, like all these injuries created all these bullpen games. And on top of that, you've had an inconsistency from a lot of the other pitchers on the team. Ryan Weathers has been atrocious. And oddly enough, Ryan Weathers does appear in this game. He goes one inning, walking one, striking out one. It was the first appearance he's had since July 24th where he didn't give up a run. That's right. Yeah. Like I said, Ryan Weathers has literally been the worst starting pitcher in baseball. Uh, I know that they're not using him as that anymore because he clearly wasn't ready. He's hit the rookie wall. Granted, he is young. That is one thing to say about Ryan Weathers, so we shouldn't immediately just toss him to the curb and say that he's he's garbage now. But maybe he's more of a reliever guy, at least at this point in his career. Um, and he, he was fine today. Neil Krismat, who is a guy that I actually think is a little bit underrated. As a guy that the Padres can just throw in there and when games get out of control and when you're down by a lot already or when you just need someone to throw innings, 
you know, uh, Nabil Krismet just isn't that bad. 3.08 ERA. I know he doesn't generate too many whiffs all the times, but the strikeout rate's okay. Nabil Krismet, he seems like another one of the sacrificial lamb types where the Pirates just send him out there and then everyone's ready to just immediately complain and say, oh, this guy stinks, but he's actually pretty okay. In general, though, the Pirates' bullpen has not been very good. Um, but yeah, you Darvish is a big problem. And the big issue that everyone's been talking about is basically since post-All-Star break, you know, at those numbers, and ever since they started cracking down a little bit more on the sticky stuff situation, which is what happened earlier in the year, Yu Darvish has looked like he's basically become Blake Snell, dare, dare I say. Now, he's still exciting to watch. He's still got a great pitch mix, but he's just not generating whiffs. He's never been a guy with a high fastball velocity. He actually ranks uh, lower the bottom, the bottom percentile of the league. But even still, I mean, he does not inspire confidence. Guys, there's a reason why. I'm wearing the plain white tee. It wasn't a great game. I, you know, I think that's going to be a bit on the YouTube. I'm going to wear an actual shirt whenever uh, the Padres excite me or win. And otherwise, what not? You know, I'm just doing the plain white tee. In fairness, though, I will say, hey, if it's good enough for, you know, Haynes white tee, if it's good enough for Michael Jordan, it's good for me. You know what I'm saying? So shouts to that old sponsorship and all that. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a really depressing game by the Padres, I think, overall. It was nice to see Myers get that home run. He has been, hilariously enough, the most productive bat since July 30th uh, for the the San Diego Padres, uh, which is which is nuts. He, now, the defense hasn't been good, but just as a bat, he's been coming through. He has a nice walk rate. The power isn't there, especially as much as it was last year. He slugged 600 last year, in fairness, Will Myers, so maybe that was expected to have a little bit of a drop-off, but even still, I do like that he's making up. His advanced stats don't look good. He's not hitting the ball particularly hard or barreling it, hitting it in that sweet spot. But he has been taking more pitches, and he's gotten better at avoiding those outside zone pitches. A little bit better, at least. Uh, so he's not like a total joke of an at-bat, which he was at one point in the season. And he's got some decent speed on the base bat. So Will Myers just slightly above average player. That's what the Padres need. They need guys more like Will Myers, who might have that home run every now and then. But they need guys that aren't going to be just liabilities in the lineup. Tommy Pham, where are you? He's not even starting. Adam Frazier didn't start today. The enemy of the Lockdown Padres podcast. I posted a tweet today on Lockdown Padres account that people seem to like about his daily schedule. Apparently, it was a SpongeBob meme that it's just strikeout, ground out, pop out, you know, ground out with bases loaded, whatever. Like Adam Frazier, it's just so, so, so bad. I don't know what happened to that guy. I know there's some regression to be expected, but he's just been. I mean, he's losing at bats to everybody. I'd rather see Hassan Kim because at least I know he could be a really good defender sometimes. So that's really. Uh, been the rough thing about the Padres for this this kind of second half is they just don't have enough guys stepping up and a lot of their guys have regressed dramatically. You Darvish is becoming case number one, unlike Blake Snell, uh, who all of a sudden looks uh, incredible, just absolutely incredible. And I talked about him yesterday, but uh, guys, you know what else looks inc incredible and doesn't let you down? It doesn't have a second half fallout. Direct TV stream. That's right. I want to talk to you about it. It's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. Remember, that's directtv.com. Check out Direct TV stream, guys. I think you're going to like it. Uh, but now, guys, let's move on. Let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about Dennis Lynn's Q&A. First of all, it should be pointed out, in fairness, that while the Padres did drop this last game in rather depressing uh, fashion, it should be pointed out that it was the first time they won back-to-back -back games um, in three weeks. So they won on, hold on, let me do my math right. They won on Tuesday, Monday, 
and they won on Tuesday. I, for some reason, thought yesterday was Thursday, so my bad. I've just been getting that wrong all day. But, um, you know, so that's kind of encouraging. But even still, it's against the D-backs. I shouldn't be hearing that this is the first time we've done this in three weeks. The only really tough team that the Padres have played is the Dodgers, and they got swept last week, including that 16-inning game that was a nightmare, you know? And it was fun at some points. It did bring, make me bring out the rally copter. It did just a little bit uh, when Tatis hit that game-tying home run, but otherwise, Padres have been depressing. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's been a mess, and <laughs> it just drives me insane, man. It really does. And I also want to touch on really quickly, uh, Blake Snell. I didn't mention this on yesterday's episode, but it was a little bit of, you know, should we have pulled him from the game given that he had a no-hitter entering, you know, after seven innings? I think it's okay. He pitched 122 pitches the week before, and he was at 107 before. He's been pitching a lot recently. Just wanted to address that again. I thought it was fine. But anyway, let's get into the rest of this Dennis Lynn Q&A. Talk about some of the questions that he answered. Some quickly, and then some not so quickly. I feel like I might want to divulge on it just a little bit longer. But first, a sip of water. Ah, you got to have water every now now and then, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so moving on, Dennis Lynn, Q&A part two. Concerning reports of the Padres organization being very lacking in the player development department, what can the organization do to fix that? And do they think they will? I thought this was a great question. Dennis Lynn says, I expect Preller already is considering anything overhauling some things in the PD department, particularly on the pitching side. You could argue, by the way, PD as in player development department, you could argue that the organization's hitting program is fine. At the highest level, for example, Jake Cronenworth and Trent Grisham have emerged as very valuable core players, which is 100% true, I agree, but the Padres clearly have not gotten enough out of their young pitching talent, especially considering how much money they have invested. The organization has played catch-up when it comes to new tech and analytics, but now might be the time to go full throttle while making a splashy hire or two, or maybe... There needs to be more of a balance. Either way, the messaging throughout the system apparently needs more consistency, more than a few minor leaguers have complained there's not enough of that. That's a bad sign about minor leagues complaining about that. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, this I'm not trying to avoid this topic entirely, but let's just say, man, minor leaguers, there's been a lot of stories. I recommend everyone checking that out. The way that Major League Baseball treats its minor leaguers is abhorrent and disgraceful. Uh, just guys having to share apartments, guys sleeping you know, in, in, in just random places i can't i don't even want to give an example right now because there's so many uh it's really appalling what's going on with minor leaguers but it's also a little bit scary uh this kind of question because while i because the the thing about player development and one of my takes uh, my early takes on the podcast is i've never been a prospect guy and the reason why is because i kind of take after billy bean and, and uh muddy ball you know what i mean shout out brad pitt like just being like you don't have a crystal ball you can't sit down and tell me that kid's future. You don't know what's going to happen. And it is kind of true. I just don't like getting so excited about the next instead of appreciating what we have now. Um, so, like, there's so many Padres fans that are like, go call up Kevin Copps and, and send down Ryan Weathers. And my thing is, like, you're you're hoping that just a new name and face can just save the team. And I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. And it is a little bit disturbing because... And I'm going to talk about this next week a little bit. Former Padres that have been much better elsewhere. Now, Luis Patino, in fairness, who they gave up for Blake Snell, was a top-level prospect. So it doesn't surprise me that he showed some promise, even a little bit of consistency over in Tampa. But another one is Cal Quantrill, who I haven't checked his literally like his last start, but he was one of the best pitchers in August, and he looks really good. And some people might be wondering, what's going on? Why is he doing so much better elsewhere? You know, guys like Ty France, who they gave up in the Mike Clevenger trade. He looks awesome for Seattle, one of the more underrated players, I think, in the league, especially at second base. So you wonder about that. Now, granted, like Dennis Lynn mentioned, is that the hitting department has been okay. You still got to keep in mind Tatis went through a lot through this system. Uh, there's plenty of other guys that they had that 
came up through this system. Um, so I, I do think though that there might be an overhaul. I agree with Dennis Lynn. I think that you got to start looking at not just guys that are bust, but you got to start looking at an organizational thing. Now it is a little bit new of a regime traditionally than historically the Padres with the Seidler and AJ Preller, obviously as the GM. So there is some reason for hope. Maybe we're judging a little bit too quickly that this might actually be an overhaul. Like let's give it a little bit of time. Mackenzie Gore was a top prospect for a reason. CJ Abrams is a top prospect for a reason. Same thing with Luis Patino. So I think there's a little bit of recency bias. Although like Dennis Lynn said, I would not be surprised to see if they make a few overhauls in the player development department, especially if they're getting complaints from minor leaguers, which is what he alluded to. Uh, for sure. Now let's move on to the next one, which is kind of the hot button issue that I know some people have DM'd me about this. I think Tingler is gone after the season uh, is over. Your thoughts? Dennison says, if they miss the playoffs and finish around 500, I wouldn't rule it out. Much could depend on how September goes. Then again, Preller has already uh, Preller already has either hired or promoted three managers. Neither for the first two worked out, and Tingler obviously has a lot left to prove, working with a veteran-laden team that needs to win now. He also has a year left in on his contract. The guess here is that he will at least be given the start of next season. But again, a lot could change based on next month. I agree. My thing before I even read this was start of next season, I think. Especially if next season you head in a little bit more healthy. Maybe if they make some changes. Maybe if they overhaul pieces of the bullpen, perhaps. Maybe if they bring in, you know, maybe if they get rid of Eric Hosmer. That could certainly happen. I talked about that on yesterday's show. If they dump him and just get anybody at first base that's a little bit less uh, consuming in terms of money and whatnot. Um, then I could see if they start off poorly next season. That, that could happen. But my opinion, my opinion is this. I do not like scapegoating managers he just mentioned what is it in the past couple of seasons uh what is it let's see here like three managers with andy green now don't get me wrong andy green was bad and it got to the point where players were you know kind of not so subtly he might have lost the clubhouse but and we'll talk about that in a second but in my opinion i just don't like scapegoating managers man i think that oftentimes players got to play what is like I know he's had a couple moments. I know I didn't like him keeping Blake Snell in the game last week against the Dodgers, but to a degree, is it his fault that Ryan Weathers became the worst starting pitcher in baseball? Is it his fault that Blake Snell came over here and was just a disaster? If anything, he took he took the onus and said that he's the one that dismissed Larry Rothschild, that he decided on that, that he ended up doing it. And hey, it might have been working because Blake Snell looks incredible. Check out this, by the way, for a stat. The, the, out of all starting pitchers in the month of August, Blake Snell had the highest strikeout percentage of any starting pitcher. Yeah, not Corbin Burns, not Walker Bueller, you know, not Max Scherzer, who we missed out on. Blake Snell. That's pretty nuts. So if Blake Snell can turn it around, man, that's really exciting and probably maybe helps uh, Jace Tinkler's cases. But in my opinion, you can't just blame the manager. The Dodgers fans did this a couple times with Dave Roberts over the years. I just don't think it's a nice strategy to do. And, I th and like I said, you're just wishing for greener pastures. And I think that you need to put some blame, at least some blame, on A.J. Preller if you're going to start complaining about Jace Tinkler. You have to because he hired him. You know what I mean? This was his guy. And you can't just, this happens in the NBA sometimes where coaches get recycled over and over and everyone just ignores that like the GM is the one picking the coaches. NFL is the same way, by the way. So keep that in mind when asking for, you know, Jay Singler to be fired. In my opinion, it's fine. In my opinion, it's more of a player's thing. And you got to give him more time, man. You just got to. I don't like firing managers. That, that, name me one organization. I'm sorry that I talked about this question so much. Name me one organization that routinely fires coaches like, not like every five years. I'm talking like every, you know, not like once every five or six years. I'm talking like once every two years, once every two and a half years. 
What organization can you name that's a good historically organization that does that? Certainly can't say that about, you know, the Yankees. Can't say that about to cross over into football. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they've only had like four coaches in their whole like franchise history. I'm just saying, it's a little bit of a mistake to blame managers. But you know what isn't a mistake, guys? Let me tell you what's not a mistake. Going to betonline.ag. How about that transition, everybody? As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro, you know, college football and, you know, regular professional uh, football all this season. Messed up the intro a little bit there. Uh, and they've got you covered this year. They got all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is that if you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up and using promo code NFL 100. So check that out. Everyone's going to be watching the season opener, so why not? Take advantage of it. Uh, It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports, uh, whichever ones you're into. They got you on baseball. They got you on football and basketball and martial arts and UFC, whatever you want. So guys, remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you visit as well. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's not everything, everybody. We got to talk to you about, you know, I don't have a car with me. I probably wish I had a car. I only have the rally copter, as you guys know. I need to talk to you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your Odyssey an LX or is it in the EX? You know? I don't know what that means. Don't worry about it. You have computers with access to rockauto.com and in your pocket. That's right, your mobile phone or your laptop computer, whatever, and you can save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain stores, only $216 from Rock Auto, guys. And they have all sorts of stuff from brake parts, tan lamps, mortal, even new carpet. They've been starting auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got experience, man. They know what they're doing over there. So go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliable low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right guys let's finish up this dennis lynn q a shall we you know i talked a lot about the the the, the jace tingler thing i might even talk about that more next week to be honest with you because i think it needs to be really emphasize that firing your, your manager I, at least in my opinion doesn't often like i'm thinking like back to the Red Sox, maybe? That's the last team I can think of. Like, when they fired Bobby Valentine and then they brought in... It wasn't it wasn't Alex Cora, but it was another guy. I forgot his name. And then they immediately, like, win the World Series the next year. Like, Bobby Valentine was clearly a problem. Like, in a lot of ways, believe me. Uh, as someone who knows a little bit about that whole situation. But, like, let me tell you. Uh, I just don't think that's going to fix the entire team. But anyway, guys, let's keep it going. Let's talk about this next one. What is the interest, speaking of kind of managers, he says, what is the interest in Skip Schumacher? Expected to be like this offseason from other teams looking for a manager. Are other guys on the staff, like Barajas and Flaherty, expected to draw outside interest as well? Dennis Lynn says, Schumacher has long been considered a future major league manager, so I expect him to draw as much, if not more, interest than he has in the past couple of offseasons. For example, he interviewed for the Mets job after the 2019 season. I'm not sure if any of the other coaches will attract managerial interest, though Bobby Dirkerson has said that a future goal of his 
or I'm sorry, he said that is a future goal of his. Dickerson and Tingle are the only members of the coaching staff not on expiring contracts. Whatever happens, there could be a fair amount of turnover given how this season has gone. So basically, reinforcing what I said before, a lot of it depends on how they finish. If this is a team that finishes sub-500, given all the hype, given all the Hollywood celebrity, given all the, the Sports Illustrated uh, pieces, you know, with the there was one between the Dodgers and the, the Padres preseason talking about the ratings galore, the kind of battle, this nuclear war between the Dodgers and the Padres. Instead, it's between the Dodgers and the Giants right now. So, you know, all that disappointment, that's really one of the issues, right? So I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I genuinely don't see a giant overhaul. And I'm not trying to disagree with Dennis Lynn or say that he's wrong or anything here. He's a lot more connected to the team than I am. I'm just a dope in some library filming this podcast with, with, my, with my buddy Luffy next to me. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him smiling. I'm going to keep him right here, actually, in my hand for just a little bit longer. Let me see if I can get that. Yeah, like, you know, I, I just think that, you might see an overhaul. It depends, but I just, I just really don't like it, guys. I really don't. I really don't like the idea of it. But anyway, let's move on to the next question. Uh, we are predicted to win 17 games, and the Reds are predicted to win 19 games on Fangraphs and 538 for the rest of the season. Oh, I'm sorry, not five. 538, as in the website. My bad, guys. Whoopsies. Uh, if Paddock and Darvish pitch well when they return, I think we will be okay. Our skit happened without two of our top pitchers and our best player out. Injuries are not being talked about enough. Do you agree? Dennislin says, I could see the Padres finishing relatively strong but still missing the wildcard game. The odds say that's the most likely outcome. The deluge of injuries has hurt the team as much as anything, but the Padres also failed to beat a bunch of teams they should have beaten. And now the schedule is about to get tougher than ever. That's on them, and I agree. Do you agree, Luffy? What do you think? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, he, he agrees. Um, like, I really think that this has just been... As much as the team has been playing poorly, as much as people are disappointed that A.J. Peller didn't go for a starting pitcher, it just cannot be emphasized. You cannot be losing all these games to the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. 8-11 and 11 against the Rockies this year. The Rockies are considered one of the worst teams in baseball. And it's not like they just played average against them. They finished maybe, I don't know, 19 games. Maybe they finished like, you know, 12-7 and seven or something like that. Because maybe they just lost that... Coors, because that can happen historically. The Coors is a crazy place to hit in and pitch in. But also because the, the the Rockies were uncharacteristically incredible at home this year. Like the, the splits, if they just played all their games at home, I think the Rockies are like a playoff team based on the rate that they've been going. And they're like one of the worst teams in baseball, though, in general. So that can be brought up, but 8 and 11 is just not going to cut it. And then the Marlins were free-falling. They were training everybody. They, they, got, they gave away Starling Marte. We still couldn't beat him. They gave away Adam Duvall. Still couldn't beat him. You know, that's I know that team has some decent pitchers like Pablo Lopez, Jesus, not Jesus Lazardo, Pablo Lopez and Trevor Rogers, who's going to be a, a rookie of the year candidate for sure this year in the NL. But in general, it's just kind of a mess. It's just kind of a mess. You cannot be playing this poorly against bad teams. So while, yes, the injuries do hurt. Play against bad teams, man. And in fairness, though, that is the one hope. The one hope is that while I don't necessarily love Paddock, you know, Bottom line is the Nelson Lament. I forgot to talk about him earlier. He does make an appearance, strikes out three, does allow a double, but strikes out three. It's at least a guy. Just having more guys that we trust that have talent and upside is what this team needs right now. But again, I agree with Dennis Lynn. I don't know uh, really what's going to happen on that front. Let's see what else. Ah, someone mentioned, uh, I asked the same question in re reference to a question about stolen bases and was told other teams have caught on. I don't buy it as the Pirates seem like they have abandoned the base running strategy altogether, not even any memorable attempts. Dennison says they haven't been playing with many leads or getting on base much. There has been a noticeable drop in their aggressiveness on the base pass, but I think you can point to these things first. Agreed. I think they've been playing just poorly. 
Uh, but it is it should be brought up. Like the Padres were outpacing every team in baseball by like twenty bases in a stolen bases category, and they were winning. They were an aggressive base running team. Even Machado had a couple steals at one point, and he's not a particularly good base runner. But it just wasn't happening, and they just stopped running. You know, with the exception of maybe Tatis, Grisham stopped running for sure. You know, Grisham just stopped, completely stopped. Tatis still steals you a couple bases every now and then. Uh, Myers stopped. Tommy Pham stopped. And even though Tommy Pham has still been at least okay at getting walks, he still has only got a 265 OBP for the last month or so. So that's why he still hasn't been on base enough to steal bases, which is basically, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg thing where it's, or not chicken of the egg. It's kind of like a domino effect thing. Like the stolen bases have gone down because also the Padres just aren't getting on base. So that's really just kind of a, a mess. And then the last question that I want to talk about that Dennis Lynn brings up here. Um, actually, two more questions. Let's get through two. Let's rap, rapid fire these. Do you believe the Hosmer trade talks negatively affected the clubhouse morale contribute to our downward spiral? Dennis Lynn said they didn't help largely because the Padres didn't go through with a trade. That's basically my opinion. If they had dealt Hosmer and kept winning, people around the team believe the players would have gotten over the loss of a popular and respected uh, veteran. 100%. That's just, in my opinion, how professional athletes, athletics often, often happen. Keeping Hosmer and adding another infielder has complicated things quite a bit. Adam Frazier has been well-received as a teammate, but he hasn't produced at all. That's an understatement. Thank you, Dennis Lynn. Uh, playing time has been adjusted, and the Padres didn't trade for a rotation boost. None of this has helped. I agree. I think it's... We do have to remember oftentimes that these are humans and that it certainly isn't great to hear a guy that apparently is respected well in the clubhouse with Eric Hosmer uh, being shuffled around. But I will say this. I said this back when they signed Jake Arrieta, who I think is, an, is a jerk. Uh, seriously. Uh, I base that a lot on him yelling at a reporter to take off his mask. There's one thing to like be have a certain politics and you know certain people, sources that you follow, but to be yelling at other people for wearing a mask. You serious, dude? And then he goes out there and gets killed by Colorado. But that signing was well received by the clubhouse. So sometimes you can't always players. And don't get me wrong, I get it. I couldn't imagine being Manny Machado or say Fernando Tatis, hearing some dude walk into a room, twenty-five year old out of Princeton who has major in you know mathematics, who's never played baseball in their life, telling you that you stink at shortstop and you shouldn't play or whatever. Like that must drive players insane. But at the same time, they can sometimes be wrong too. They're getting excited about Jake Arrieta just because he was once good and he's a veteran. Meanwhile. He's one of the worst pitchers in baseball, so it goes a little bit both ways. Um, the last question that I want to talk about, anyone talking about what's up with Tatis looks depressed and like he is just going through the motions. Something going on in the clubhouse? Dennis Lynn says, Tatis himself said it's been difficult to be upbeat because the team has been doing poorly. I don't want to speculate too much beyond that. You never know what's fully going on with a player's personal life, which is even more true in the age of closed clubhouses. But there could be a number of other factors. For one, he's injured his shoulder several times this year alone, and he's now wearing a brace he finds annoying. He also clearly enjoys shortstop more than the outfield, though I don't expect the Padres, in the interest of his health, to move him back to short full-time before the end of the season. And again, losing a lot of games is not fun for anyone. So, yeah, I think that I'm not getting a bad clubhouse vibe or anything like that. I think that Tatis, yeah, that's a good point. Guys, it's not like playing through the shoulder injury is easy. Like, just because he could technically play doesn't mean that it's, like, a lovely, delightful experience. Like, he probably feels it every now and then. And there's probably all sorts of other stuff that they have to do to help address it. It's a little bit of both things. Uh, I've been holding Luffy for a while now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that there's kind of a bunch of different um, areas here. When it comes to Tatis playing the outfield, it clearly he wants to play shortstop. And again, I think they will let him play shortstop at some point unless C.J. Abrams, their top prospect, comes in and is a dynamite shortstop and he debuts next year and is hitting well. Then maybe there's a chance they move Tatis to the outfield. 
But again, the big thing that I'm just looking for when it comes to the roster stuff is whether or not they trade Hosman this offseason. But that's a topic for another day. In general, I would also say Tatis is competitive, man. You see the sparks fly when the team's doing well. Remember the home run he hit against the Astros? How he stared at it? You know, for a little bit, seize the moment. Nobody's cooler than this guy, let me tell you. Go, if you're a little bit depressed, Padres fans, go look it up real quick. That way, it'll make you feel like Luffy, let me tell you. It'll just make you excited again, at least the last time I was happy about this team practically, right? Or the Victor Caratini uh, walk-off home run was pretty fun, too. But anyway, not to get too besides the point. Um, Yeah, like, bottom line is they're losing, and Tatis clearly cares quite a lot about that. And again, like Dennis Lynn said, I don't want to overlook, I don't like looking into players' mindsets based on their body language all the time. I'm not, a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not the character on Ted Lasso or anything like that, for those who have been watching. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor in that respect. And you never know what it is, especially with personal live stuff. You just don't know. You just don't know. But I definitely do know these guys don't like losing, man. Nobody likes losing, you know? The guys probably, they, they hate losing more than they like winning. To, again, quote my guy Billy Bean, Brad Pitt, and Moneyball. Um, but on that note, guys, that's it. Basically, for recapping kind of these De- Dennis Lynn questions, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed it. I know I did. I enjoyed kind of uh, going over this whole thing and talking about a bunch of topics. Now, before we wrap things up, though, for today's episode, I want to talk to you guys about a very special podcast, betting on the Padres, betting on whoever. It doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to a new Locked on Bets podcast, Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, be sure to do that. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, next week going to be talking a little bit about former Padres and how they've been doing with other teams as well as recapping, you know, the results of this Astros series. And speaking of the Astros series, tomorrow's episode is going to be a crossover with the Locked On Astros guys. It'll be the first crossover that I'll have done on the YouTube channel. Like I said, this YouTube channel has been a lot of fun. Be sure to subscribe, guys. Locked On Padres on YouTube and it's just another form of the podcast. If you like seeing me goof around, if you like seeing me hold up my, my figurine of Luffy uh, and just seeing whatever dumb gimmicks that I come up with uh, for the rest of the season, that should be good, whatever shirt I'm wearing. Uh, be sure to subscribe for sure and also next week, probably going to just, it has to be talked about because Padre is unlikely to be a playoff team. But one thing that is a little bit more likely than that is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s case for NL MVP. So going to be talking about that and giving my definitive kind of thoughts and predictions on whether or not he's going to and if he deserves it. How about that, guys? That should be a lot of fun. That's going to be next week as well as recapping the series and all sorts of stuff. Don't worry. The show goes on. The show goes on, ladies and gentlemen. And with that all being said, that about does it. For today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, wherever. Wherever. Stitcher, just all of them. They're all on there. Uh, Be sure to send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Let me get that rating up for sure. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.